Hey everybody, this is Sean. This is Kevin. And we have a very, 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 very special episode of Shot by Shot with not one, but two special guests, neither of which are strictly comic creators. Kevin, who do we have? We have the amazing director of Brightburn and the new Netflix movie, Night Books, Dave Yarvesky, and a very big first, I think you should do this intro. I'm a huge Zarface hip hop fan. We have Seamus Esoteric Ryan, one of the three MCs of that group. And if you're not familiar, Zarfes have tight rhymes and even a tighter connection to comic books. They are such old school connoisseurs and devotees to the art form. And they meld it perfectly. And in Seamus's case, this week he released Zarface, a czar is born, with art by Ariel Olivetti. And uh, yeah, his writing skills for comics are just as amazing as his writing skills for rhymes. And we have both of them here, and it works out beautifully. Our first director, film, or any, I guess we haven't had any uh, anybody from film or TV yet, and our first musical guest, all in one. This is like a Marvel team-up comic when I was a kid. Like, we, we've got it all here right now. If you ever wanted to see a Superman movie through the lens of sheer horror, Brightburn is fantastic, and I have a feeling he'll be back doing some comic book-related films in the future. And then obviously, as I explained, Zarface is so embedded in comic book culture, it's kind of perfect. Yeah, I, I agree. And this is actually kind of cool because or the guests actually turned into like co-hosts of the show, interviewing each other. So it was really fun. Yeah, I mean, like I am usually silent except for the intros. I was especially silent. There were so many prominent voices here that uh, I, I was happy to just sit back and listen. With all that said, I think we should jump right in. Here's David Yaravesky and Seamus Esoteric Ryan. Uh, David, Seamus, how are you guys doing today? I'm great. Uh, how are you doing? I'm pretty magical. I'm doing well. I just finished um, carving some pumpkins with uh, our kids. Well, I left early to do this, but we got about 75% of it done. My, my wife is handling it now. I feel like um, it was a good time to escape. So I'm, I'm doing well. I have a, a glass of uh, tequila, 1800 um, tequila, oh. and I'm, I'm ready to uh, engage. All right, you have us beat. What is everybody else drinking tonight? I feel like a, a, a shithead because I'm drinking coffee, but but in my defense, I was writing before this, and I'll be writing after this. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so, like, you know, I feel like that's a good choice. I mean, you know? I think Brian will probably good. join you in his beverage choice. Uh, yeah, um, what I'm uh, having is uh, some uh, black tea tonight. So I decided to go like pretty hardcore. So uh, or, as, or as hardcore as I get. So uh, so just, uh, just black, tea, black tea on the boards tonight for me. Nice. All right. Kevin, what are you up to? I pulled, I pulled out the good stuff tonight since we were having uh, such a big event. I mean, we're almost Brady Bunch layout here on the on the screen so uh, to celebrate so i brought out the good stuff i've got the blantons tonight um, whoa second time on the show you, you know i wish i could be right. as intelligent enough in the liquor space to know what that is it's good shit yeah all right we, brought we out the good, good shit. shit 
Uh, I, I I am drinking some Respado. So so Seamus, me and you are doing the tequila dance right now. All right, let's go. Also, Seamus, congratulations, man! You're having a comic launch in a week. Tell us about Zarface Zarsborn. Uh, yeah, it's a uh, a basically a graphic novel that is breaking down the origin of Zarface, kind of from uh, a standpoint of reverse engineering the, the history of the character, because I think the music came before the character. And then once the character be- started becoming more recognizable, I realized that I had to um, develop some type of backstory for him and uh, erase some of the mystique and, and, and Z2 comics uh, helped out with that for, for better or worse. And, and here we are, you know, with, with my own uh, graphic novel, which was um, pretty rewarding to, to uh, finish. Yeah, man. You also have some music in the new Venom movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which was such an honor, of course. And uh, very grateful for that. I, I, I had so many at bats with making music for that. You know, when they first approached us about doing it, I, I said, how many times can I, rap about the history of Venom, but I, I was getting it too on the nose. But that's really what I wanted to do. I just want to be like, Venom, 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 Venom. And uh, they were more looking for something that was more just like this like kick-ass song, you know? And I, I have to learn to be less on the nose with, with stuff I'm passionate about and kind of just touch on it ever so slightly. And uh, yeah, yeah. And the cool thing is we were talking and like, I don't think you knew I did a podcast, but we worked together at Z2. And you were talking about how much you like Brightburn and you have actually verses inspired by Brightburn in your yeah. albums. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Definitely. That was uh, <laughs> oh, huge. huge. <laughs> yeah, it was a uh, very, very uh, inspiring movie. I love, uh, actually, I uh, really, really loved that movie. And it was, you know, leaving the theater, it was very easy to just go home and kind of not like write a book report on it, but put it in rhyme form and kind of just touch on the aspects of Brandon Breyers and, and, and rhyme about it from a, from a different perspective, but kind of make it, I guess, put it in hip hop form. And it was a lot of fun to do. Definitely. So uh, David, thank you for, for directing that movie. Can can I tell you something? When I made Brightburn, uh, you know, and I don't know if this is something that you do. I found that I had I had to like define my own success. Like what would success mean for Brightbird? You know, I, I don't really have control over the box office or our release and and or the marketing. I don't have control over if people like the movie or don't like the movie. You know, like yeah. there's things I can control and there's things I can't control. And so the thing that I really wanted for Brandon was I wanted him to somehow break through in, 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 in the pop culture zeitgeist. I wanted him huh. to be, to exist in somewhere in, 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 in that zeitgeist in, in the thinking and, and be a kind of um, anti-hero, you know, in the, you know, in the way that I grew up loving Freddy Krueger or, or, you know, Michael Myers or something, you know, but to just be a new kind of that. And, uh, you know, it didn't have to be that, you know, as <laughs> didn't have to be Freddy Krueger or like, you know, but, but to just live in that and to, and so the way I s- sort of define success for this movie, there's, it was a two pronged thing. This is totally true. Um, I said that, uh, number one, if we get a Funko, 
that would be that would be you know a form of success. And the other thing was if we were mentioned on a hip hop album, uh, uh, and those are the two ways in which uh, I felt like we succeeded, uh, and that would like mean a lot to me. Um, um, would you you for, you forgot the the pro sports tattoo? I did. I did forget the pro sports, <laughs> and it, you know it, that yeah, it never that never occurred to me. And what's funny is when you like define those moments of success, what happens is you end up standing like on the side of like Sony, looking up and seeing your poster being two hundred feet tall inside of Sony. You're like, but this isn't success. This isn't what I said. I'm trying to achieve. This is cool, but are we going to get a Funko? Yeah. Will, right. will right. someone rap about us? Will we like break through in a way that we can be used as a metaphor, you know, in a verse somewhere and that someone will know what you're talking about. And like, and to me, that me that means more to me to be completely honest. And so yeah, I'm, I'm more than flattered. <laughs> oh, really that's, that's and, Yeah. That's great. That, 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 that is great to hear. And I, I, I completely agree with what you're saying, you know, but I mean, you have to, you know, you've probably seen plenty of people dressed up for Halloween with that, with that, you know, outfit on with the, with the cape and everything, you know, the towel makeshift, however, you know, and that, that has to be the most flattering thing ever, you know? It, it is. And it, you know, like a little bit, I've seen it a little bit, like, like I've never seen it in person. It's, it's, uh, yeah. it's really weird. Like, I've seen it on Instagram, sure, and, and people tag me in it and whatever, but like, I'm sure you feel this, right? Like you work on an album for a probably really long time and you feel incredibly close to it. And then you're like, here, I'm gonna show, or I'm gonna play this for a friend, I'm gonna play this for someone who's close to me, I'm gonna play this for all my friends, I'm gonna play this for my family. And like, you're there when it's happening. And so you're like a part of the experience. But then when you release it, it just goes off and it kind of like lives its own life completely separate of you. And all these people have these interactions with it. that You have no idea are happening. I didn't know. I had no idea we were getting a Funko. You know what I mean? I had I, yeah. I didn't know that you uh, loved the movie and, you know, wrote, um, uh, you know, wrote, wrote like mentioned us in verses and like, wrote, you know, yeah. included Brandon Breyer and in, in, in some rhymes yeah. and, and some lyrics and and like I sometimes I see things and a lot of times I don't and like it's really weird because the movie came out in 2019 or 2018 wait what year did it come out in 28 it must have been 2018 right it was 18 yeah, 18, yeah it was 18 yeah and and but it was like the middle of 2018 by the time I was done doing the the tour it was 2019 because you know I went to Tokyo with you know sort of go around and so <laughs> before total lockdown there wasn't that much time. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it, it you know what I'm saying. Got under the uh, under the wire there. Yeah. So so a lot of like and 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 the thing is the the movie, you know, had some success in the box office. It had some success as a new arrival on you know Apple TV or or digital whatever. But it really started to take off when it was like free on Netflix and then everyone could see it all over the world. And then it was just like, bing, 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 bing. And it's like, <laughs> I think that happened during the pandemic. So like, I, like there's a piece of it that's like, I don't know, it's, it, I, it's hard to explain. It's hard to find words for it, but it feels like a not real. It feels like a, a yeah. video game or on my phone, but like no one in the world has really seen it. I don't know, it's a weird thing. Well, let me put a question to, to both you guys. And, and I know, 
I've, I've had this experience several times and, uh, and I think what you're saying kind of ties into it. But I, I think that as, as an artist, there's that ego part of you that wants like, you know, sort of some sort of adulation or understanding. But, um, but I think there's that other part that wants it honestly. And I think the opportunity for you to be a voyeur of your own work where you actually, you're not there, or even if you are there and people don't know who you are, but they're talking about your work or they're experiencing your work apart from you. Because I think sometimes if you're doing the tour or whatever, and people know that you're there and they come up to you at a table to get an autograph, you're going to hear mostly good stuff, you know? Yeah. But, I, yeah right. Hopefully. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but, but when you actually get to see people or hear people discussing it apart from you, um, to me, that's, that is a more honest kind of look at what people are feeling uh, about your stuff. And, um, and I, I, I think that's, that's interesting, experiencing that, being able to kind of go, okay, I've, I've touched that person, but I wasn't even there. And I get to see their experience with, with this work that I've done because they don't know all the secret stuff. They don't know all the stuff that ended up in the trash can. They don't know all the frustrations or anything like that. They are giving kind of a red team experience of the work itself, you know. Yeah. Um, um, what, what do you guys feel about that? You, you go for it. I, I've I would fucking babbled for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, well, when we put out uh, records, when we finish, we hand a master in to put it on vinyl and put it on Spotify, stream, whatever. I don't really visit the music again. I, I don't listen to it again. It, it's kind of for everybody else because I'm too in my own head where yeah. I will find the flaws in every particular verse or or chorus or whatever it is i'll just listen for that and it's not an enjoyable experience but if people come back to us via social media or at a comic-con or some type of signing or a show or whatever it might be and quote just the simplest lyric quote any line you know what i mean that, that one of us had said in, on a record the re, the reward there it's it's tough to measure it, it, you know it, it's it's like if you break through to somebody where they want to come back to you and quote something you said and thought it was clever, even if, if, if it was just this dad joke that rhymes and they find it, you know, the way that you said it entertaining, it, it means a ton, you know, uh, and um, that's really the, the most I can say about it. If you're too close to the music, I would love to be in a situation where, you know, uh, Zarface is, you know, it's, it's this character, the imagery it doesn't it doesn't reflect us. It just, it's the, the actual character. So, so some people associate our music with the actual character and don't know what we look like, which is cool. Yeah. But I've never been, I've never been in that position where someone was talking about us in front of me and I, you know, I wasn't really uh, present for it. Sometimes we'll be out and my son will have on a, a like a czar face sweatshirt or something, just cause we have the kind of the merchandise lying around and, Someone will come up to him and say, hey, that's a great sweatshirt. And, and he'll, he'll look at me and laugh because the kid has no idea who I am. And that's gratifying, too. I mean, I'm a, I'm a Leo, so I appreciate yeah. it. You know, people are like, hey, how do I come up to you and approach you about signing something or whatever? I'm like, bring it on. Come right to me. I don't, I, I'm, I'm not one of those people like, don't interrupt me at dinner. Please interrupt me at dinner. 
show my wife, show yeah. the kids. Yeah. Who the fuck I <laughs> I get that. I get that. <laughs> you know, at, at this point, you know what I mean? I would yeah, like yeah. to be at this point where I'm like, yo, you got to get away. But right now I'm like, come, validate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Like, you say like you've never been uh, like uh, like uh, overheard a conversation about you, but the the power of social media is at any time you can. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Reading the comments is is uh, yeah. you know it's just it's pull, essentially pull that. Right? Yeah. yeah. Throw the grenade. Read the comments and, and just see how the rest of your day is going to pan out based on what you read. <laughs> you know. Do you do you read the comments by your your work? Oh, I, uh, yeah, I, I have. Um, I, I feel like there's different tiers to the comments you want to read. You know what I mean? Like I know where my safe zone is and I will read things that I see on Instagram. I will not travel to YouTube comments and oh, yeah. Twitter. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? There, yeah. There's a, you know, there's a certain stigma to like searching your own name and that stuff. But I think if you're that invested in the creative side of things and you're curious what people think and you have thick skin, you're going to look for it. You know what I mean? But time and time again, there will be somebody that says some, something very offhanded and you don't even know what that person's mindset was like when they said it. They were just trying to be witty. They were trying to be funny. They were trying to impress somebody or whatever. You can justify it anyway, but it can set you back um, <laughs> yeah. tenfold. It can. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I mean, I could be recording a verse and I could read one thing like just just here, recording here and, and then pop online or something and read something a negative and then i'll rethink everything that i was doing so it's it's uh oh, yeah it's it, it's counterproductive it's informative to hear things that aren't from your um echo chamber and people that are saying yeah yeah you're dope you know you you know but it's um you have to balance it when you look to record and look to be productive versus when you're trying to kind of uh assess where you stand and where you can improve on, on things and, yeah. and you have to it's important to take all that in of course i don't know it's a it's a, it's a balancing act yeah <laughs> yeah it certainly is no i i like i go back and forth you know and i i constantly just have conversations with myself like i'm i i really try to not be on the ride you know and and with that comes a lack of like yeah but it also comes yeah. without the crash you know <laughs> um <laughs> but i'm also mortal and human and flawed and so every once in a while i definitely take a peek and i'm like oh fuck what a like what a psychotic time we live in to just be able to do that oh like, yeah. yeah what are what are people saying about me right now blah, 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 blah. yeah when when um when when venom came out a few weeks ago i don't know it's three weeks ago or whatever it came out in the theater and i was in heavy contact with with tom hardy about the movie and about the music and so forth and he was so re you know he's obviously a superstar but he was so responsive to everything that we were talking about That's on that cool. opening weekend i mean just every second you know you text someone and, and they hit, hit you right back and i'm thinking why aren't you doing something like why are you talking to me right now why are we on facetime right now your movie just came out i don't want to bug you i'm trying to be out of your hair but he is coming towards me like da, 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 let's talk let's talk about this let's talk about that and i said i finally said to him i said you're the congratulations man for the this movie's out right now it's doing great uh 
setting pandemic records and all that stuff, like savor that moment. And he said to me that um, this is completely out of my hands at this point. Yeah. Yeah. The what's what's, what's the savor? I can't. Well, you know, he said I can't do it. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, the movie's out, and this is no. up to the people now. And there's nothing yeah. I, I can't correct anything at this point. Here it is. Yeah. The, you know what they did the weekend Brightburn came out was I played the Spider-Man game on PlayStation because <laughs> what the fuck else was I gonna do? I mean, you know, people were like, "Oh, are you gonna go to all the theaters?" I was like, right. "What? Like, like." Stand around telling people that I made the movie, like that'd be fucking weird. Like, yeah, what, yeah. what the fuck at, am I gonna that, do? At like, that point, your your creative input is done. It's done. Like the job's done. Yeah. And like, I wish I could. Like, what I'd like to do is like run off a stage and crowd surf for like two hours. And be like, we did it. You like it? I made it. Like, you know. But it just yeah. doesn't happen. There's no forum for it. There's no. There's no. There's nothing to do. I could sit and stare at my phone all day obsessively, being like, "This person loved it. This person hates it. This person loved it." I no, could. No. I mean, I don't know. You know, I don't know what to to do. So, so I don't know. I just, you know, I try to find things that like will pull me in because your brain is doing a thousand things. You're like, "Uh, what should it be doing?" And so, I, mm-hmm. like, the best thing is to ground yourself in something you know, a video game. Well, or something. I, I think it's it's a weird bookend because the the first part of the creative process is so ridiculously lonely, you know, but yeah. then the end of the creative process, when the work comes out, it's completely out of your hands. <laughs> you know, so, and even lonelier. Yeah. yeah so even lonelier. It, yeah. It, it's that thing of like, you, you want to, you want to check to see if people heard what you were saying. But at the same time, you can't do anything about it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, well, just, I fo- it's out there. Yeah, it's out there. And I find it's just an, it's an intensely unique experience that no one can possibly understand except for people who have been through it. And therefore, it's like so much lonelier. I mean, you find yourself, right, like you're saying, like exactly like what you were saying, man, like, like you're like, shouldn't you be like savoring it <laughs> and, it, <laughs> and it's like you start to realize like uh like why when i said like decided i want to make movies like the thing i imagined was being on set or like or like having this image in my head and then like making yeah. it all this other stuff is like not at all what i like was the dream. It comes with the dream. Some people oh, love yeah. it. Some people love doing it. I, I, there's some podcasts I like, I'm enjoying this podcast that there's some press I enjoyed it, but like that whole time it's, it's like, in, it makes you insane. Like it's a just insane feeling to, to, to do all of it. And then people ask you questions that you have to answer in 15 seconds. And, and the, the real answer is a book. Hey, did you make the movie oh, you yeah. set out to make? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. let me let me tell you about that. <laughs> did you mean to? Did you set out to make the album that you made? <laughs> well, and the, yeah. the, the weirdest thing is, um, is is I totally back you up on um on like you you do this work, it's 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 lonely work, and and it's not that you finish the work, it's that you finally let the work go, and then when you when you let the point where you let the work go to me the work feels like the sum of all failures. <laughs> you know, it seems like, yeah. it's like, okay, you know, and, and, and you're right. It, it's like, I can't, when I'm finished with it, the moment I'm finished with it, 
I've got to escape it. I've got to get away from it because yeah. like, all I can see is uh is is like ah uh, you know I, I turn into Oscar Schindler and and I'm like I could have done more. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Simon, the the producer of Brightburn, who's who's James's producer as well. We got very close over the making. Of the, I mean, we were close before the movie, but we got very close over the making of the movie. And and about halfway through post, he looked at me and he said, "You know, every one of these movies ends." with like someone taking the movie from you. Like every movie ends with someone being like, wow. you're done, uh, no more. And he was like, I'm the guy, just so you know, I'm the guy who's gonna have to be the one to say that to you. So like be emotionally prepared in our relationship <laughs> to understand oh, that I'm the one to take you behind the barn and shoot you in the back of the head, you know? Wow. And, and, <laughs> and I was wow. like, yeah, I know that's where this is going. You know, it feels like, you know, I don't know if you've read The Long Walk by Stephen King or something, but it feels like that, like you're, we're just marching towards doom. We all know doom is coming. Not to say that we're not happy with the end result, but it's like, you can always do more. Like you never have enough time. Yeah. You, there's always more to explore. There's always more to try. There's always scenes that, there's always scenes that aren't what you intended when you were shooting or writing for whatever reason and maybe there's another editorial solution that can solve this there's also always scenes where you're like I, there's two cuts and 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 this one's pretty good and this one's pretty good and, and which way is the best way to go and there's always there's always questions and then and then one day there you know it's like you're done hands yeah. up deadlines deadlines that's the, na that's I mean, the nature of it that, i mean that's the only way you stop doing it you know what i mean like, there, yeah. there are projects that you'd work on forever and ever and ever and, and hyper critique every possible beat and, and um it's just time to let it go and oh, have yeah, confidence yeah. in what yeah. you're doing you know and, and i i find and, that um that oftentimes it takes a year or so of being just divorced from it you know when i can actually go back and maybe I've forgotten all the little tiny critiques and all the, you know, and, and it's almost like uh, I can be an audience member to my own work, you know, and, uh, oh, yeah. and I can I, kind of sit back I, and, and, and view it, you know. I feel like that requires a lobotomy of some sort because, <laughs> I, and I would love, I would love to step away and just, and, and I feel like with, with the Zarface stuff, being able to, uh, be a, a Ron, MC partner with Inspector Deck, I can listen to the Zarface stuff more than my own solo stuff because at least Inspector Deck is rapping with me and I can ah. enjoy that moment. You know what I mean? Or if we have a feature from somebody else, I can enjoy that moment and listen to it and not really hyper critique every single syllable of my cadence or whatever. And and that's what, that, I guess when we started this whole conversation, I, I think I started by saying, I don't listen to any of our own stuff once it's out because we hyper-focus, fine-tune it until it's out, and then it's for everybody else, and you just kind of walk away from it. And maybe you'll catch the off-comment where somebody quotes some metaphor or whatever, and you're like, ah, that's why I do it. That's right. Yeah. Okay. You oh, like yes. that punchline? Okay. That's why I do it. Okay, I'm a real MC. Thank you. You know, and, and, and that's, you know, there's certain things that validate that along the way. And when you get, you know, to a certain point, you start to, uh, I don't, I feel like the tequila is kicking in to be honest with you right now. And I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> I, I know what you're, I, dude, I, I know what you're Jeez. saying. I, I haven't, 
yeah, cheers. I know exactly what you're saying. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't watched The Hive since the premiere of The Hive. I haven't wow. watched Brightburn since the premiere of Brightburn. Oh, it's not wow. true. I, I watched it once in a theater with an audience, like the opening night. So it was like oh, after man. the premiere, yeah. and then and then and then I I I I haven't watched Nightbooks again since the premiere of Nightbooks. And it's always weird because you, like you know what I'm saying, like like you watch this thing every day for yeah. a year, you know, and, and a year before that you think about it every, you know, it's like, these things are like two year journeys. So for two years, it's every day, all day. And then one day it's nothing. Yeah. And it, isn't that a little weird where um, I think with, with, with all of us, it's, it's this, this thing of like, okay, this was a year of my life and someone gets to read it in 20 minutes. You know, yeah, and they go, oh, that was yeah. pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, that, <laughs> that was, was cool. a fun 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, well, cool. You're yeah. like, I spent two years of my life. Like, like I didn't see my wife for like six months. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, like, yeah. you know what I mean? I killed myself, blood, sweat, and tears. I'm like, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You do that. And stars. I, I think, yeah, and then you just kind of feed it to the wood chipper. And that, like, yeah. and that it just comes out on the other side, and you just have to pick up the pieces and, and create more. You know, when, when you guys finish a project, I, I, I imagine your instinct is, "What's next?" Not sitting back, you want to create more. And that, I mean, that's kind of where we're at. Where you can yeah. let that go. You you know that you know the arrows are coming at you, but you're on to the next project, and that kind of a hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's when you really have to have that conversation with yourself. Why do I do this at all? Why do I do this at yeah. all? You know what I mean? Yeah. I, you work two years. Like I work, you know, I worked two years on Brightburn, uh, like a, a, a mad, that it was two year. it was a two year sprint. And then I, sh I showed everyone I knew, including my family, my friends, my agents and man, you know, just everyone I knew in one screening in an hour and a half, you know, at a theater and then it's over and oh, everyone's yeah. <laughs> seen it. And you're like, all right, now what? That, that was a fun hour and a half. Well, those two years <laughs> boiled down into like a, a hour and a half resin. <laughs> yeah, it was like a movie. You just go see the movie and then the movie's over. And then what do you do after the movie? I don't know, get a drink. Uh, and and so then you go, why do I, why do I do this at all? It's not for that night. I mean, if you're doing, if you're making whatever it is, if you're making your book or your album or your movie for one night or for that playthrough or that read through, whatever it is, you're fucked. You're never going to be happy. It, it has to be something that is within you that you need to tell. And it ha you have to find the love of creating it and doing it. And that has to be your joy <laughs> Yeah, because you're not going to get it from the other thing you're just not yeah you gotta be in love with the process the process yeah, and, it has and that, to be that, the process yeah that, that that to me is i i think the most interesting thing is um is especially when i'm talking talking to people that are that are up and coming and and like the dream of what the creative <laughs> job is is completely different than the reality of it, and uh, and and I I find that that if you can get to the place, and the people who are 
obsessed with the dream, when they figure out the reality, they just leave, you know, but the people who are obsessed with the process, they stick around, <laughs> you know, no matter, wow. I mean, it's, it, it's almost like a, a shelter dog, you know, no matter how much you get beaten, <laughs> you know, you just keep coming back because you're obsessed with the, uh, with, with the process. And, and yeah. a lot of times you don't get satisfaction in the product. Um, but the, the, the process of, of actually um, just pulling something from the ether and, and, and turning it into reality is just so, you know, sort of addictive. A hundred percent. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point. And I, I have uh, two shelter dogs here. They don't beat them. <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure. But they keep coming back and they keep saying, throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball. And it doesn't stop. So, yeah. I get it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, so, some, something you said earlier, which I think is, um, you know, sort of, uh, I wanted to uh, throw at both you guys is, um, uh, I, I know for me, like, I always dislike my work while, you know, sort of, I'm um, kind of producing it. But, uh, but one of the things that that uh, that really gets me jazzed is um, the moments when I'm collaborating with, uh, with, with someone, you know, sort of, and, uh, and, and David, um, because you're a director, you probably have the biggest group of people that you have to collaborate with. But one of the things that I think is awesome is I'll do my stuff and I'm like, yeah, 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 whatever. But when someone else who's working with me comes in and puts their magic on it, and it basically moves to that last level where it's just like, wow, you know, sort of my work looks awesome now that yeah. you have done the coloring on it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? No, that's that's a great feeling. I, I, I listen. There's um, there's great things to collaboration and and to like like th there's things that I really enjoy about collaboration. Like, you know, um, uh, I, I'm someone who is most creative when I'm like. Like the way my brain goes is by is through conversation. So like like yeah. it helps me to be collaborating with people, and then we're like bouncing ideas, and we're having a back and forth, and then like like to me that's where the best ideas that I have come from, as opposed to just like sitting in this room. That being said, um, uh, some of you know like some of the time I am just incredibly jealous of people who can who have a, a an art form where they can go and just do in their room by themselves and be like, look what I made because yeah. like, like, uh, you know, someone who paints, um, you know, I'm just so jealous of that. Um, because like, you know, I have an idea, let's say I have an idea for a movie. Okay. And then I have to go convince people to give me millions of dollars to, to, to make it. Then I have to hire a shitload of people <laughs> And each one of them has their own idea for like what that idea, like what is good and bad about it. And then, you know, they have varying degrees of power over it. And then you hire actors who then have their ideas of it. And then, then, wow. then now hopefully the best case scenario is they all add and it all makes it better. But often it is a, you know, it is a tornado of good ideas and bad ideas and <laughs> people who feel incredibly strongly about this and slightly strong about that and it, it you know it's just like you know it's pushing this boulder uphill and it doesn't go straight yeah. uphill it goes like this and you know you make a little progress and yeah i, oh, I refer to that as juggling cats on fire 
Yeah, it's juggling cats on fire. Yeah. Yeah. When you have, you know, 250, 300 people working for you at the same time and, and, and you look young, like, you know, looking young, I'm sure is an, is an interesting thing because people are like, who's this fucking idiot? Why the fuck is he yeah, our, I don't our have boss? That problem he anymore, but he doesn't know the fuck you. I mean, listen, I don't look that young, but but I've been acting <laughs> right. For, for you you look terrible people. right now. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My nose <laughs> fell off. I'm so old. Uh, um, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> that, is, that is that is absolutely crazy. Now, um, now with um, one of the things that um that I, that I also think is is cool, and and I always find that this happens when I'm talking to different um, creative people is it, it seems like we all have kind of, um, even though what we do is so drastically different, there's kind of an analog that uh, jumps back and forth um, between uh, all of the fields. And that's, um, that's, that's one of the things that I've always found fascinating is that um, that concept of, you know, in the beginning, I call it sketches and then, you know, sort of thumbnails. And then, and then the idea of starts from being this kind of diaphanous thing and it slowly starts to solidify with every, every past. Uh, that's, that's one of the things that I was curious about. Like, um, uh, I know you're, you're working on some, um, some, some writing projects and, and even with, uh, with music and, and coming up with, uh, with, with lyrics. <laughs> that's gotta be like, I mean, that stuff doesn't produce itself fully formed. I, I think we all do the same thing. I think we like dream big then, <laughs> then, uh, you know, that's an awesome way of saying it. Dream, dream big. And then, and then work really hard on trying to make that thing a reality, hate ourselves, be disappointed, be proud, uh, feel a whole bunch of different ways, uh, release it, you know, and then do it, do it all over again. <laughs> yeah yeah that that's a uh, a good way to put it you know when i when i saw brightburn in the theater i i fully expected you to stage dive when the, the billy eilish song ended the movie <laughs> it came out i was like where is this guy he didn't come uh, out <laughs> maybe, maybe i'll yeah. do that on my next one i'll just come running <laughs> okay. out in the amc and just launch myself yeah, yeah man i mean um <laughs> Yeah, but it, no, it, it's not fully realized. Yeah, you, you just, you, it, it takes, uh, it's a process. That's, that's the part that, um, that keeps me from quitting, you know, is, uh, is that, is, is when you, when you wake up in the morning and that problem that you were trying to solve was delivered to you, <laughs> you know, at night and you're just like, wow, yeah. I know it now, <laughs> you know, and it's, yeah. and, uh, and, 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 you know, you, you hear stories about the muse and the walls and stuff like that. And, uh, and when those moments actually happen, when those, you know, those, those moments where you, you have three or four things that, that aren't fitting together and you find the, the lock for those pieces to fit in, it's just like, that is just like, that that is the part of the process that uh, that just keeps me going. Um, yeah. You know, uh, it's it's so exciting, it's so invigorating, and it just makes you just either jump in the sketch pad or jump on the computer and just kind of oh, okay, I'm good. I can I can ride this high for the next few hours. You know? Yeah, yeah. I I think it's all when when the inspiration hits. You know what I mean? And you have to have the I I think the foresight to know. Like yesterday was a horrible day for me 
horrible. I didn't want to do anything. But something in, inside me said, tomorrow's going to be better. And, you know, I had a pretty productive day creatively. You know what I mean? Today. And I'm at the point where I know that that day will arrive. It's, yeah. you know, so you stay, you stay in the fight and you know that it's going to show up at this point. Whereas maybe, I don't know, maybe five, 10 years ago, like, wow, this stuff that I'm doing right now sucks. <laughs> and, it's, and, 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 and what I, what I did the next day sucks. And then, but it comes around where you start to build this confidence and I don't know. I, just recently, I felt like, well, this is going to come around. You know, what I did today was terrible. What I recorded today was terrible by, by my standards. And I know it will come about. And time and time again, it comes about. And I think that's part of the process and it's part of the reward. And you just have to eventually have some trust in yourself, no matter how you know critical of yourself you can be. You just have to trust that it's going to even itself out and you're going to be able to please some people that you know you make the music not for but that appreciate what you do you know yeah oh yeah 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 100 percent. to me i feel like i always feel like this for some reason and i don't know if you guys feel this way but when i like what you know when i when i watch that movie when it's finally done what i see is like a battlefield (laughs) (laughs) i see like this war-torn battlefield and as the movie plays and I, I sort of go across the, the battlefield, I'm like, oh, there, there, there was a little war that I won. And this moment is really fucking cool. I'm really proud of this moment. I can't wait for an audience to watch this moment. And oh. then a couple, a couple more feet. And then I'm like, this was a fucking disaster. I can't <laughs> believe what a piece of shit I am. I like, I don't know why anyone fucking hires me. I'm a fucking idiot. How did I fuck this up? And then a couple more steps and I'm like, oh, this is cool though. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, that's, that's, that's it. It's like a yeah. tour of that battlefield. And then, and I remember, I'm like, oh man, that was a hard fucking day. We got killed by the sunlight. I had five hours to shoot this on paper, but I had 30 minutes to shoot it. And so I could only cover it from here. And that was the one shot. And this was fucked. You know, I like remember all of it. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> That's perfect. That is a, a perfect assessment. I get it, man. I get it. On this oh, man. scale. <laughs> I feel that, man. I totally feel you on that one. (laughs) Yeah. And so when it's like, hey, when was the last time you watched Brightburn? I'm like, I'm not really, (laughs) I'm not really signing up for the tour of that battlefield. It's like, that's a a fucking, (laughs) ooh, that's like. (laughs) When's the last time you had electroshock therapy? Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to Yeah, (laughs) yeah, I'm good. Like, I'm massively proud of the movie. Like, I love the movie. It's a piece of me. It's my child. And also yeah. like, oh, there's so like, you know, there, but there's, the, but then the realities of making a movie where you don't get to just do anything you want. You, I don't have $10 billion to just be like, for this month, we will work on this shot. You know, like, like <laughs> I, I have to exist in, in, in a world in which you have $6 million, go make a movie, you know, uh, you're going to shoot a movie in 29 days and whatever you're done doing at the end of 29 days, that's your fucking movie. Hope it doesn't suck. You know what I mean? Like, like you, we all live in these box of practicality oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. reality. The, the thing that, uh, that, that kills me is, um, is there are times I'm given everything I want. You know, I'm, I'm given, I'm given the moon, the stars, and it's just like, go ahead, do it. Um, and I can't produce shit. 
you know, but but there are other times when when it's just like here's here's a bottle of a bottle of water and a pocket knife, and you're getting thrown into the um you know sort of Appalachian you know sort of uh, trail, and it's just like and then something magical comes from uh, from it, and it and it's just it's just weird how you just don't know, you know, it's, a, yeah. it's like sometimes, sometimes it's almost like you, you need that problem to solve. You need that, that fight to have to, to come up with something um, sort of uh, really special, really, really transcendent. But there are other times when, when you have everything you want and just nothing is happening. Yeah, <laughs> you know? totally. Well, the, uh, right. What's the term? For that, like the uh, the like crippling indecision of of like <laughs> too many choices, like you know, I have that every time I like turn on my Apple TV. I like, I, I, I it's hard for me to watch movies because what I end up doing is I just scroll for like an hour through all the potential possibilities of movies that I could watch, and then I'm like, ah, eh, maybe I. <laughs> too big of a choice. Oh, <laughs> I just I just watch Brightburn. Yeah, 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 yeah. That'll be fun. My list. There are times when, when I know for a fact that my girlfriend loves me because she has been sitting there for an hour and a half just watching me surf the channels of things that I could watch. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't actually watch yeah. anything, but just, eh, no, no, no. Well, it, 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 I came to the realization that my, my list on Netflix is just like the, the stack of books by my bed that I can't read. Like, I want to read them. I want, I want to watch them. all those movies, but God damn, you got to open it and get into <laughs> it. And you know, you're going to be there for a while. Uh, yeah. But I, I'll buy the shit out of books and I'll say, I'll put every movie in my queue. And I don't even realize when they disappear, when they go off Netflix and they'll pop back up like two years later. Like, oh shit. I never watched oh, yeah. that. And it's back. Yeah. So, yeah. And I still won't watch it. I still don't watch <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> still. Like, I'm so glad it's I'm back because now I could not watch it again. Not watch it again. <laughs> yeah, man, that's that is a uh, that's real. And that, but anyways, that I, I feel that creatively at times too. It's like, what what could it be? What could it be? You, you like sit down with a blank page, or like I'm sure you feel that with like your albums too. It's like it could be anything. Yeah, you know. Oh, dude, that's absolutely. That's that's crazy, man. That that um, that that blank page is, I think, the most um, welcoming and at the same time the most terrifying thing in in the world. You know, I mean, when when it's when it's cooking, I love that blank page. You know, and I just I just love to tear into it and just put stuff all over it. But when it's when it's not cooking, that 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 blank page is is like just you know laughing at me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah, definitely. As you in a chokehold, I know the feeling, man. <laughs> One of the um, things that um that I wanted to say is uh is like there's a lot of people outside of comics that come in to do a uh, a comic book, and when this happens, ninety percent of the times they just fuck it up. You know, it's 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 just it's just terrible. It doesn't look like a comic. It doesn't feel like a comic. They don't understand that there's a different sort of set of linguistics here. But I was um, flipping through the uh, the Zarface book, and god damn, dude, this stuff is awesome, man. I mean, it's it's just a first of all a beautiful comic, and yeah, and and the thing beautiful. the thing that I think 
what I think is that it's the thread that connects all of us is not skill set, but storytelling. You know, keeping okay. it, yeah, yeah, keeping it about storytelling, and um, and right. I think I think um, what one of the one of the things that people miss when they come, uh, oftentimes you'll you'll have these Hollywood writers writing comics, you know, or these musicians or these authors writing comics. It's like they try to write to a comic format rather than to tell a story, you know, and I, and I think yeah. that's the thing. I think that's the thing that you you really nailed is that uh, that this is just some really great storytelling um, and and not, I won't say cinematic storytelling, I'll say comic book storytelling because it's, Thank it's you. a different thing. You know, it's, 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 it's <laughs> a really different thing. It's a really hey, different game. That means, that means so much. That means so much. I, I coming from you, it, it, it means a ton. I've seen you at, at conventions and I've, I've cowered away from approaching you. So you say, <laughs> I know that feeling. I know that that's feeling. Brian, yeah, that's Brian Stelfreeze, right? I'm not going to go up, but I'm, you know, I'm going to look from here. I'm going to look from afar. And um, you saying that, that that just absolutely means the world. So, uh, you know, thank you so much. Cause I've, huh. I've, I've seen you out there and like a creep. I've, I've looked from like 15, 10 feet and I, I didn't go up. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. but this is yeah. this well is, that's you know. well, well that's that, that's <laughs> really that's that's really the game i mean um it's it's like you know and 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 you know sort of i'll i'll, I'll put it out there um to to david also it's, it's like i think a lot of people confuse us storytelling for skill set they'll they'll look at they'll look at a skill set and go wow you know this guy is is a good director, but they actually might be thinking, no, that's good cinematography, you know, or or that's right. that's you know sort of and 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 I think the the actual storytelling is that thing that you can't necessarily put a finger on and say this is it, um, but it's it's that culmination of all the parts coming together to give you that uh, that that feeling, you know, sort of to uh, uh, and and I, I think. Us as creative people, I think to a certain extent, we are burdened with this feeling that we want to get out there, that we want to, we want people to experience it. And the only way mm-hmm. we can get it out there is through our storytelling. And our skill set is kind of um, kind of a tool that we use to, to tell the story. And it, it, it's really cool to see you come from this world of music and rap and take that same sense of story and put it, you know, sort of into, um, you know, comics. Ah, well, thank you. Thank you so much, man. I, you know, I, I, when I was about maybe between the ages of, of I'd say seven and 10, I, w- I was creating, writing comic books and, and you know, drawing them and, and stapling them together and making my own little stories with my own characters like, uh, nocturnal nights and these people I would invent. So I was doing that before I was actually, before Sucker MCs came out, before Run DMC came out and, and I was struck by hip hop. I was, I was writing, you know, inspired by obviously the Spider-Mans and the Batmans and so forth and, and Wolverines. And I, I started writing comics then, but I mean, it was obviously a very, um, so we're an elementary approach, but it's something I always wanted to do. And um, I'm just happy that I don't think I ever would have been able to do it if it wasn't, um, I didn't have a voice within, you know, the underground hip hop scene in some degree yeah. where somebody said, somebody saw some value 
in making, uh, you know, connecting the two. And, and I got a, suddenly got an opportunity to do that, which was, you know, a lot of fun and rewarding. And, and if you find it in any way entertaining, that is just the best thing ever. I appreciate it. I think, um, I think a lot of people, when they, when they come to comics, they um, really invest a lot in the cartoonish side of it, the big giant moments. Um, but I think the real magic of comics is if the small moments really feel real, you know, if you can, if you can nail those like intimate conversations, if you can, if you can nail those moments where people are just standing around talking, then when you get to those big moments of like characters flying through buildings, you know, sort of, or lifting trucks or anything like that, when you get yeah. to those big moments, those big moments are, are a lot more um, believable. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll spin this into Brightburn. Um, it's like the horrific stuff doesn't work unless like, um, I, I thought the performance that you got out of Banks where like, I mean, she was feeling it. <laughs> yeah. Know? And um, when, I, when, I, when I'm watching the movie um, and, it's, and it's weird because I don't necessarily think of her as like a great actress or anything like that, but just the performance that she got really kind of made me kind of go, oh my God, I'm, I'm with her. So yeah. when the big moments happened, it was just like, okay, you got me, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm totally, I'm totally feeling it because you got, you got the quiet stuff, right? Yeah. We had a, like a, a visual strategic roadmap, I guess, that I, that me and the cinematographer created where, you know, like, I, you know, e each aspect of the filmmaking process, I try to tell a story with it and, and, ah. and, and, and with the imagery, uh, we, we wanted to tell the story of a, of a, of a little movie getting eaten by a big movie. <laughs> and, and so we were like, look, we're shooting this little movie. It's like, uh, you know, it's this little indie movie about like this, this family who adopted a boy and they live on a farm and everything's great. And that's the movie. And then like this big expensive studio movie shows up and just fucks everything up and just kicks <laughs> oh, kicks wow. it all over. And so like if you watch if you <laughs> if you watch and look at it, you'll see like especially early on it's really clear because you know it's all this like sort of handheld like indie movie kind of feeling oh, it's, photography. It's almost Rockwellian, you know. Yeah, 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 it's like right, you know, this a very American family living on a farm and then and then and then cut to uh, a very smooth, refined push in on Brandon's back as he's up to something. And it, the, the cinematography doesn't match any other shit. And you're like, that's a, that doesn't belong in this movie. And slowly it becomes very, you know, big calculated, big movie and loses the, uh, the handheld tiny movie thing. So there's a piece of that, what you're saying in cinematography, there's a piece of that in, in the acting and just Elizabeth being incredible and just grounded and, and just being real, you know, just trying to create the reality. <laughs> yeah, man, thanks. I, I, I appreciate that. I, I, what you're talking about with like, with like the, sh the showy stuff, I, I think just completely applies to filmmaking as well. Like, you know, when I, like, like my journey as a filmmaker and like, you know, I started as a music video director. And so when I did my first movie, 
it was all about those like poster frames or those like trailer moments yeah. or like, you know, how, how, how crunchy I could get the contrast or like how, you know, how poppy I could get the images and the images are super pretty in that movie and there's stuff in it that really works, but the storytelling isn't pure, you know, I, you know, you start to realize, you just start to learn, you just start to learn that it's, you're not making pictures, you're telling a story. And so, oh, dude, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's huge, man. That's that is yeah. that is like uh, you know almost a motto that uh that I yeah. that I go by and and and, I, too, and yeah. I do think um, because all all the schools and all the books and even all the YouTube videos they 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 talk about the skill sets you know and, and I think I think you can get obsessed with like learning the skill sets you know but but until you can yeah. take that skill set and point that thing in a direction you know, um, to where it's just like, okay, I'm achieving this thing with this skill set. I'm actually, I'm actually making someone cry. I'm actually using this skill set to achieve uh, uh, an emotion. And, uh, and I think it's, it's kind of funny because as, as a young artist, I just wanted to blow people's eyes away you know, just kind of go, wow, you know, when they look at a piece of art of mine, I wanted them to say, wow. But now, if I can show someone a piece of art, and for them to just be quiet, you know, yes, that that to me feels better. It feels like I've accomplished more. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, I, I always feel like and this is I, I think probably you guys will all sort of shit agree i mean i'm real i'm sort of processing it as i'm about to say it but i think you guys will probably find this to be true about what you guys do also is is like i i feel like the place you actually practice like there's ways to practice your craft which are like really obvious right like make a short film or like you know like make your song you know make a bunch of songs get better repeat 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 um but there's another place to practice a different muscle and probably the most important muscle, which is like at a party or when you're hanging uh, out with people, you just sit there and you, you tell a story like yeah. I am right now, you know, you, you, you take someone through a story and you immediately see it's a story you've told a hundred times, you know, Oh yeah, I went to, you know, when I was 15, this happened to me and you've told it a million times. And, and over the years you've refined it, you've probably sharpened the edges of it a little bit. You probably cut some fat because it's gotten a little long. You've told the story and you see people's eyes start checking their phones and shit in the middle of your story. So you're like, I got to cut that. And and like those are all the skills um, of of what of making a movie, writing a movie, directing a movie ultimately becomes at the end of the day. All of these mm. beats, and all these shots are really just, you know, a, a, a piece of the story you're telling. So if you can't sit at a party and tell a really fucking engaging story and blow someone's brain against the back wall and you're not ready to to you know be handed 50 million dollars to go make that movie you're not you know and and you, you hear all these people all these writers at least i hear all these writers say like one of the things they do it was really interesting for me to hear them say this one of the things they do is they like go to a party or they're like with their friends and they're like oh you know what i'm working on i'll tell you and then they like quickly tell the story of what they're working on and you can if you do that you can tell immediately if your movie sucks or not. <laughs> wow. You just wow. sit there and you go, oh yeah, so there's this guy and he does this and then this, you know, is it an engaging story? 
can you tell it an engaging story? You immediately discover shit that's really fucked up with your story as you're telling it. Stuff that will save you $10 million in posts when you have to reshoot this thing that, you know, because you, you tell the story just a story and someone goes, well, does he do this? Like, can this happen? You know? And you're like, oh, fuck. You know, like, you can't direct your way out of that. Like, it doesn't matter how much money, how much CGI, like, that's some shit that, that you need to solve now. And so, yeah. I don't know. That's yeah. that. I, and I can see how that applies to each subclass of well, storytelling. It's, it's, we all. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting that you say that, because um, one of the things that I do when, I, when I'm doing comics is I, I actually, you know, just consciously try to say, OK, my first pass through this comic book is not going to be as an artist. I need to I need to put the artist to the side, you know, and just kind of treat the artist like we don't have time for you to come in and work now. The storyteller's taking a pass. And, uh, and what I do is I thumbnail out, you know, sort of the panels, you know, and, uh, and I'm not really doing any detailed drawings or anything like that, but it's just quick thumbnail, you know, sort of layout pass of, of the entire story. And one of the things that I like doing, and, and kind of this fits with what you, what you said, is without having any dialogue, and without having any art showing those thumbnails to someone. And do they get an appreciation for the story without any dialogue and without any art being attached to it? And, uh, and if they can get invested in that story, because I, I think oftentimes I can use my art as a crutch you know, where it's just like, you know, well, this is a terrible story, but at least it's going to look good. Looks great. <laughs> yeah. Look at this shot. Yeah. Or look at this panel. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. So, um, so what I want to do is I want to go, okay, can I win without the art? You know, can I, can I win without the dialogue? Yeah. Uh, because no amount of dialogue is going to make a terrible story yeah. or a terrible bit of storytelling any better. No amount of art is going to make a terrible bit of storytelling any better. So I try to get that separation um, in the first pass of what I do. And oftentimes it's, um, it's, it's kind of cool because, you know, I've shown this stuff to Kevin and, and from time to time, Kevin will go, well, what's, what's happening here? And I'm like, well, what's happening there, if you're asking, is I fucked up. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's like plain and simple. If, you, if you're asking a question of what's happening, then I fucked something up. I need to take another pass yeah. at that. <clears throat> Back when we did our very first book and Brian was drawing a chapter and I'd never edited a comic and somehow convinced Brian and a couple other artist friends to, to work on this thing. And there was one scene where I was like the storytelling to me wasn't clear and I was terrified. Like, I think I sweated over this for like a week of, <laughs> of calling you and saying, man, there's a disconnect between here and here. And you're like, no, 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 blah, 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 blah. You know, you're, it's completely clear. You're just not seeing it. And then like the next day you called me, you're like, yeah, you're fucking right. Uh, I'm going to change that page. <laughs> but I was terrified of calling you about that. And That's it's all the only thing, I think the only time I've ever had to say that actually in all the years we've worked together was that, that first one. But, uh, you know, what's cool about what you guys are saying is somebody who sits back and I enjoy entertainment. I help, you know, make it in a little bitty way uh, or help the, process um but you can have all the the splash pages by the best artist in comics you can have 
the greatest guitar riffs from the greatest, you know, uh, of all time, greatest special effects in a movie. But if you don't care about the characters and you don't care about the story, none of that shit matters. Yeah. And that's what, you know, you guys are all doing cool shit. There's great story. You can tell you, you care about your craft. You can tell you sweat over it. And there's a lot of great, incredibly famous, uh, incredibly wealthy people who do not seem to care, but they've, they've got that hype behind them and that PR machine and they've, they've, they've really made it. But the people that actually care about their craft, it stands out. And, and people like me notice it, at least, for whatever that's worth. I don't... Uh, yeah. I, I feel, like, unbelievably connected to most artists who do, like, what you're saying, like, are just deeply in, invested in getting incredibly good at what they do and, and getting incredibly good at their craft and, like, working towards that dream. Um, I always have a million things in common with those people and, and the people that you just described, which are like people who have found success, but through other means, you know, like not as part of a journey of self discovery and, and improvement on their craft, but through other ways, I find that I often have nothing in common with those people. And even though, <laughs> even though we, can look the same or look like we do the same thing or maybe we have the same job title i don't know anything about them i don't understand why you would make a movie or work in the entertainment industry because there's a million other ways to like find success make money um yeah it's, it, that's what's yeah. funny is, is the the amount of people that have achieved amazing success and then you know people that actually for me, I'm a student of the craft as, as far as studying what works, right? Like I watch a lot of movies. I read a ton of comics, you know, um, I would never uh, try to say that I know anything about music, but uh, I mean, I enjoy it, but I don't really, I just know what's, you know, what I like, but the, the, the people that have made it and they don't ever progress, like they, they came out, they've got a cool new style. They they're flashy, you know, and they make a big splash in comics and then they never change anything. They never grow. They never stretch their wings. They just do the same thing for 20 years. Like that's, you know, that's not exciting to me. I like to see people who are taking risks, who are trying to make themselves better and figuring out new ways to do things and, and pushing the boundaries. And sometimes you will fall on your face. For the record. Uh, in that. Oh yeah. Sorry. I didn't, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, so, so sometimes you do fall on your face, but you can see there was an attempt there and then you learn something from that. If you're like, I've been really wanting to try this new style or, or whatever it is, you know, um, it's how you grow as an artist. And if you're not growing as an artist, you're, you're just, you know, you're treading water. And at that point, you, I don't know where you go from there, but it, you don't, you don't do anything else great until you take another risk. Yeah. 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 What I was going to say is that, that I don't mean what I said as a, by the way, I don't mean what I said about them as a judgment at all. In fact, my guess is they're probably happier people than I am. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you know, they're like, <laughs> oh, they're, they're happier. They're much more successful. <laughs> they're much more successful. They, it seems like just based on the generic description of them, they have like a really healthy work life balance. They probably like spend great time with their family and their friends. They probably get to do the things they want to do with their life and not just obsess about what they make. <laughs> they have time to do CrossFit. Uh, yeah, I hear that, man. I hear that 100%. <laughs> but I just, I just don't know. I don't like, I don't, I, maybe I'll discover it. Maybe like I'll turn a corner and I'll be like, Oh, I can phone this one in. And then like, it's a huge hit. And I'm like, Oh, I didn't even really try that hard. I just kind of showed up to set. I don't know how, I, I know there's people that do that. I don't know how to do it. I'm incapable of it. 
Oh yeah, yeah. I I feel it's um, it's an itch that I have to scratch. You know, it's um, it's it's something when when you get it, you know, it's it's just like oh wow, I gotta I, I gotta get this out. You know, and and if I if I get this out out of, I don't know if it's out of me or out into the world or, or whatever. It's just that, that obsession with, um, with, with being creative and, and saying something. And once I've done that, it's, it's not like I want to change my style, but if I've done it, then that itch has been scratched. (laughs) Then I'm, I'm off to the next thing, (laughs) you know, I'm off to the, um, to the next thing that's bothering the crap out of me. (laughs) A hundred percent. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so um so so that's that that's that's the um the, uh, the, the real thing that i think is is interesting about the creative process is is if 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 you're a storyteller you absolutely have to tell stories you know and and like you said it's it can be at a party it um it can be in lyric uh it can be in in music uh to a certain extent it can even be in cooking and all that stuff but uh, but you you have to tell a story. And, and I think the most awesome thing about that is I like the idea of delivering that feeling that I have to someone else, you know, of, of them being able to feel that same moment that I felt. And, and I've, I've orchestrated that in a sort of in that other person. And it might be a person that I never meet or anything like that. I, yeah. I, I think that's, that's a really cool thing that um that we're we're capable of doing as uh as as creative storytellers that's how i that's how i feel i feel like uh, i i live my life under i constantly am dealing with my own anxieties and fears and and part of that's just being like you know part of that's just in my jewish dna like that (laughs) that, you know that i just like i'm gonna have anxiety about things but uh, another piece of it is just you know, a life of fear just built in and, and things that are normal for some people are terrifying for me. And so I know what it feels like to be scared. And so I, I think it gives me a unique upper hand in, in, in how to tell the story about people who are scared or to make you feel scared. <laughs> and it makes me feel better to, to scare people because I like to know that, that other people... <laughs> <laughs> are are also <laughs> going through it you know what i mean oh yeah yeah well and 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 something else and it's 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 really cool because when i when i looked at brightburn in particular one one of the things that i think is interesting about it is when i discovered that fear wasn't the opposite of of content or happiness but but fear was a lack of information. If you don't have information, then you have fear. Yeah. <laughs> you know? and, anticipation. Um, there, there, there's yeah. a huge relationship between anticipation and fear and, and scares, especially. And man, over the past couple of years, people have gotten real good at milking anticipation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, um, and, and one of the things that I thought was really cool, particularly in, in, in the Netflix movie, is that... And, and, and I don't know if this is something that kind of came together for you, but it felt like a fear of not having that creative process, fear of like, oh my God, my creativity is going to let me down. And that's going to be my downfall in this situation. It's kind of felt, you know, sort of what the kid was going through because it was just like, if, if I'm not able to create by tonight, I am fucked. <laughs> you know? 
Yeah. <laughs> and it's yeah. just like, that was, it was really resonant, you know? Yeah. It, it, when I read that script, I was like, I, I really relate to it. Like, I, I know this, I know this story. I need to tell the story. Uh, <laughs> I felt uniquely qualified to, to be the, you know, that's one of the things I, I look for in a movie is like, is like, okay, one, one, do I like it? Would I like the movie? But the, but the second thing is like, could anyone else tell this story? Like be, huh. better than, better than me. Does someone know this world? Does someone, is this going to take advantage of the way my mind works and the way the way I technically make a movie or, or process a movie, like, can I bring something to this uniquely special? Yeah. You know, and I felt that with Nightbooks. I, I definitely felt that with Brightburn. I felt it with the Hive too, actually. I, I felt that's yeah. the thing well, that and, I look for. Yeah, and I think the um, the weird thing with uh, with with Brightburn is is you you took something, uh, which which I think is 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 an is a really just shitty thing to do but awesome at the same time is you, you take something that's so familiar and so trusted, you know, like the, the Clark Kent in a sort of story. And it's just like, wow, that is so familiar. That is so trusted. That is so apple pie. That's awesome. And then you just like spin it to where it's like, no, 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 look how fucking horrible this could have been. <laughs> you know, it's like that, that really lays me out in, in taking that thing that's familiar and making it unfamiliar. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like I actually did that in Nightbooks also with that unicorn, like, especially if for kids, if you're 10 years old and you're like, hey, I love unicorns. And then this unicorn comes marching into the movie and is like evil as shit. Uh, uh, <laughs> you know, I feel like uh, there's a little piece of that that I, <laughs> that I subverted as well. But um, yeah, I mean, th there's certainly, there was certainly a bit of this in that movie, you know, yeah. um, that sort of was like, yeah, there's a bit of this in everything I do, I think, honestly. Like, I, I, I always just felt like counterculture and, and everywhere I looked, it was like, oh, comic books, comic book movies. We, there's like nothing bigger than comic book movies. Comic book movies is the system, you know? Yeah. Why even go to the theater if it's not for a comic book movie? Comic book movies, comic movies. I love comic book movies. But I'm also just inherently counterculture. I'm inherently like, oh. okay, if I'm gonna make a, a a comic book movie, it's gonna be Brightburn. You know what I mean? Like it's gonna be like Superman fills you with hope. Okay, well, I'm gonna make I'm gonna make a movie that just crushes your hope <laughs> slowly. That I'm leaves make Superman you fill you with dread. Yeah, yeah. That's gonna leave you devoid of hope by the end of the movie. Yeah, thanks, man. I, I appreciate what you're saying. And also like, yeah, I, I just feel like motive creatively motivated by a general sense of counterculture and Yeah. Well that, that that subversiveness is is kind of kind of fun, you know. It's uh yeah. it's, it's it's kind of it's kind of fun to sort of do this thing and it's just like, okay, I'm 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 gonna say a few things that are gonna be a little bit nasty here, which I think is really awesome. You know, the the moment I realize that okay, the storytelling that I'm doing is working is um is I always like the idea, and and I think you put a lot of this in in your work, which is I'm doing superhero comics, but I'm I'm also kind of like suggesting that there's a bit of a darkness, you know, sort of underneath the surface. And what's uh, what's funny is 
is I would always get asked to do Batman stuff, which I thought was really kind of fun because that's the stuff that I love. That's the stuff that I get into. And, and one day I got a call to do a Superman book. And I was just like, this is weird. I've never gotten a call to do a Superman book. And the editor said, yeah, we're doing the nightmare issue of Superman. <laughs> and I was just like, yes! <laughs> but, but I thought that was like really awesome. <laughs> Where it's just like, you understand what it is that I'm all about here. Yeah, you get what I'm doing. You get what I'm doing. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but uh, Seamus, what, what I wanted to ask you about is in all the stuff that we're doing as, as creatives, something that, that you do is with the Zarface stuff, you're creating a separate persona, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, is, is that something that you feel kind of allows you to kind of go, okay, I can say some stuff as this persona that I may not be able to say over here, you know, sort of as myself or as another persona? Uh, I don't know. You know, you would think that that would, having that character would kind of give us permission to do that. But I think we might even go in the reverse direction where I feel like the Zarface stuff was kind of inspired by when I first became a, a, a father with my kid and I'm still making hip hop records. And I, I, I kind of wanted to find a way to entertain him and entertain myself at the same time and give him something to a character that he could call his own. You know what I mean? Like, Wow, I don't, I don't know if you ever saw Cloak and Dagger with uh, Dabney Coleman and uh, the kid that was in E.T. Oh, yeah, dude, you're, yeah. you're kidding me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. character, Jack Flack. Jack Flack was like the character and he's like an action figure. And it was like, you know, it was kind of a, you know, it wasn't the greatest movie in the world, but it still kind of was something that I would watch and would hit me when I was, when I was the, that age in the 80s. And Elliot, Henry Thomas would have this figure that kind of represented his dad. And I kind of had this idea like Zarface would be like this guy that my son could call his own guy that, you know, I created or we created together, but it was a vehicle with the music powered by what we were doing with, the, with making the records, putting out the albums, putting out the comics, putting out the action figures and so forth. And I could really connect with my kid that way. So it, it was not something where I hate to use this comparison, but where I guess it's the easiest comparison, but where Eminem would have his Slim Shady character where he could say whatever he wanted. And then it would have the, you know, that's just my persona. I think with the Zarface stuff, whether it's me or Inspector Deck that are doing the rhymes, it's usually, it, it doesn't get too vulgar or oh, wow. out of character. Yeah, it, it's kind of, I feel like we have a, an audience that, you know, reaches kids that, the people that are all within our age group that appreciate stuff, you know, 90s hip hop, but also a lot of the parents now have their kids listening to it. No, of course, there'll be swears and there'll be certain things, but I think we kind of scale it back when it, when it, when it comes to things that are too across the, uh, too overboard. And I, I never thought I, I would kind of look at things that way, but that's kind of where we're at. You know what I mean? It, I, it might come from 
when we were first making the Zarface stuff and I'd have my kid in the back seat of my car and I'd be like, listen to these beats. What do you think of these beats? We don't listen to instrumentals. And it was just instrumentals and instrumentals because I couldn't play any of the lyrics. Even Tribe Called Quest records, you couldn't play. You know, it's just the most wow. classic hip hop stuff you couldn't even share. And it was just a, a, a way that he would hear instrumentals that were coming through that we were trying to write raps over. And he'd say, what is this music? And I'd say, oh, that's that. just to keep him entertained. I'd say, oh, that's uh, that's the Green Lantern theme song. And I, I would just I would be lying. But he would he would listen to it and it would keep him engaged and it would keep me engaged as we were on a road trip or something. Or that's that's the Stormtrooper music or that's the Things theme song, Clobbering Time. And I would invent these ideas because I was spending so much time with him. And eventually we started making all of the Zarface stuff through this, but it, it was with him in tow the entire way. And you oh, hear his damn. voice, you hear his voice in all the Zarface records from when he was three to when he's now, he's 12 now. And throughout the whole thing, even he's even on the, the, the song, uh, and my daughter on, on the song in Denim. Um, it just, it's important to me to kind of connect those things and, keep them in the loop because that keeps me motivated and gives me a sense of uh, extended uh, purpose in a way. I don't know what it is, but as long as I have them involved, it's, it's fun. You know, when did you introduce your son to eighties wrestling? (laughs) (laughs) Cause you, the, the first, the first song uh, or the, you know, the first time I listened to, uh, Zarface was the first song that queued up was uh, back at ringside, so I was hooked. Like you had me. Oh yeah, with Tony like I, I was yeah <laughs> with the with the uh, Macho Man. Uh, oh, that's right. You know, intro. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, this is this is my people right here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Comics well, I mean, and wrestling. Like I'm, I'm good. Kind of, I think the first time I heard of you was through James Gunn. I think he, I think he was wearing a shirt that said Zarface. And I was like, what the fuck is Zarface? And, and (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I think, I I don't remember what he said, but you know, we share these uh, playlists, like our favorite songs of the year. And uh, uh, we have like a a little circle of people and we like, Oh, okay. And, uh, and uh, your songs popped up on his play on his list. Oh, that, that's awesome. That's really cool. And um, he was wearing that that shirt at a Bright, uh, Brightburn press junket of some sort because he was with Elizabeth Banks. And uh, yeah, I mean, that was just the most gratifying thing ever. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I can't I, even I, imagine. I, you know what? I don't know why, but it's just taken to this moment to like unpack that. But right. Like if I saw someone wearing a Brightburn shirt, I'd be like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, I was fucking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, holy I mean, shit. That's cool. I mean, you know, I've told him how much Guardians of the Galaxy hit me, my whole family, really. And, you know, to have him wearing that shirt, it's in any capacity. It's just like, I hate I hate to draw the analogy, to, to, but, but I mean, if you look back at 1978 and you saw this photo of... Uh, George Lucas wearing some random band's shirt. He'd yeah. Point back. I'd be like, oh, oh, that's 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 us. And he's yeah. wearing that shirt. So yes. it's, <laughs> it's the most validating that's... thing ever for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. mean, there are, there are so many connections that my own just with my wife and my two kids, we've made through just 
the Guardians, the Guardians thing is the only thing with the soundtrack and the movies. It's the only thing all four of us can agree on. You know what I mean? Where whether my daughter wants to watch Moana or my son wants to watch Spider Man, whatever it might be, my wife, we we, we can always agree on Guardians, and it's just um, yeah, it's cool. I don't know. And and then when the actual epicenter of the whole Guardians thing is wearing your shirt. It just, I don't know, it puts this this uh, battery in your back and you're like, wow. Oh, dude, yeah. Maybe maybe 100%. this imposter syndrome thing is not valid because look, he's, 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 he's out there, he's wearing this shirt and he's promoting your movie. And it's just like, you know, I don't know. I, yeah. yeah, it felt great. You know what I mean? So. I bet, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> that is so cool. Here's a little bit of funny trivia because I don't know, Brian, if you know this, but, um, in Super, the James Gunn movie, the wall is full of 12-gauge comics. Stuff we were making for Image at the time, but they couldn't get clearance for any DC stuff. So I got a, I got a phone call or an email from somebody on the set. And like, can you FedEx us a bunch of comics? Oh, so yeah. like the ride, like Brian's books up on the wall. Uh, there's a bunch of our stuff in the in the comic shop. Oh, that's funny. Oh, that comes full circle. So cool. <laughs> so cool. So cool. And it, hey, our, fucking so now, now that, now that, the David's here is super in the same universe as Brightburn. <laughs> Man. Uh, the no answer says it all. You know, I, yeah, I, I'm so careful with my words with, uh, with the Brightburn universe because number one, I like to think of myself as the center of that universe, but I'm not. The center at the core is me, is James, is the two writers, uh, Brian and Mark, who is brother and his cousin, is the other producer, Simon, you know, like, and we really were like a creative team. And then I don't own uh, Brightburn, you know, Sony, I guess, and H Collective own Brightburn. So I don't, you know what I mean? So the, the, the truest answer to that question is, it is if fucking Sony wants it to be. <laughs> uh, that's the truest answer. I have thoughts, uh, but I, you know, I the the way I'll express my thoughts is in a future movie one day or not at all ever again. You know, yeah. oh, maybe yeah. we can do the comic crossover. <laughs> <laughs> On me. Yeah, we, we know a guy that can do the soundtrack too. So. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> All right. That'd be fucking cool as hell. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, I, I don't want us to to you know sort of run uh, all night and uh, and and I I gotta tell you, man, there's there's nothing more motivating um, to me than talking to other like creative people, especially in 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 different disciplines. And and find that we're all chasing that same dragon and getting our asses kicked by it, but then attacking it again and again and again. And it's uh it's 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 so awesome to see the work that both you guys are are doing and just be absolutely kind of like blown away with it. And uh and then and then meeting you motherfuckers too, man. <laughs> like... And and the huge disappointment we we have been. <laughs> oh man, and I guess it's true. Like never never meet your idols. Never meet the people behind them. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I think I think that is that is really you know because because a, a lot of times uh, I think um, you know and and this is going going way back through high school and all that stuff is uh, is like you just think you're fucking weird you know <laughs> you just you just think you're you're just a, a a weird you know sort of sort of oddball of a of a person um, and it's it's really awesome to meet uh, other storytellers and kind of go no I'm not weird I'm, I'm fucking right down the middle of the lane. <laughs> I, I hope that isn't what you took away from this, actually, because <laughs> you are fucking weird. And and, and that's, Come on, you man. know, that's why I like you. Uh, uh, you are fucking weird. You chose to do this uh, and, and you found success in it, which is even weirder. And success completely <laughs> without satisfaction. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that that that's consistent with weird. You're weird, dude. <laughs> Enjoy it. <laughs> the normal people are stockbrokers. Yeah, they work at banks and yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, they're not they're not doing so... a podcast right now about the their craft. You know, like that's you right. know that's that's weird. That's a weird thing to do. Um, and. <laughs> But, how awesome! Well, how awesome would it be to be able to take your brain out at five o'clock and just rinse it off <laughs> every day? That would that would just be so awesome to be able to do that. But I guess we're we're damned to have these dirty brains. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. You, hit, that's, you, that's you your... said it. You said it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, don't try that. Don't do no, that. Well, I, well, I really appreciate you guys um, kind of uh, kind of hanging out, and uh, and man, it was it was it was awesome talking to to both of you, and I really you know sort of hope I get a chance to to work with you guys um, yeah, as uh, as much as possible in in, in the future. Um, it's 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 kind of cool to like um, meet allies, um, and uh, and let's let's definitely get into doing some of the stuff. And please, I would love to. Absolutely. It's cool. It's cool to meet both of you, honestly. Likewise. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. That was Seamus Esoteric Ryan and David Yaravesky in conversation. When we first started this, uh, I never really kind of envisioned it going here, but that's what's so cool about Shot by Shot is that uh, we're not locked into any one thing. And uh, man, what a blast. I don't know how we're going to top this one. So, uh, we're going to figure that out and then we'll be back shortly <laughs> with the new episode. <laughs> yeah, I think we said before we were going to have a relaunch of Shot by Shot, but then we have these two join us in relatively short time. We were supposed to have them as a Halloween episode. Alas, uh, my computer was stolen and my replacement came a little bit later. So that's okay because this is perfect for the week that Zarface Azar is Born is coming out. So it dovetails pretty perfectly. But yes, stay tuned and we will have another episode around the corner. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.